with below its attendant caution, no smoking. Drawing in a deep lungful, Wilson exhaled it in bursts, then pressed the cigarette into the armrest tray with irritable, stabbing motions. Outside, one of the engines coughed monstrously, spewing out a cloud of fume which fragmented into the night air. The fuselage began to shudder, and Wilson, glancing through the window, saw the exhaust of flame jetting whitely from the engine's nacelle. The second engine coughed, then roared, its propeller instantly a blur of revolution. With a tense submissiveness, Wilson fastened the belt across his lap. Now all the engines were running, and Wilson's head throbbed in unison with the fuselage. He sat rigidly, staring at the seat ahead as the DC-7 taxied across the apron, heating the night with the thundering blast of its exhausts. At the edge of the runway, it halted. Wilson looked out through the window at the leviathan glitter of the terminal. By late morning, he thought, showered and cleanly dressed, he would be sitting in the office of one more contact, discussing one more specious deal, the net result of which would not add one jot of meaning to the history of mankind. It was all so damned. Wilson gasped as the engines began their warm-up race preparatory to takeoff. The sound, already loud, became deafening. Waves of sound that crashed against Wilson's ears like club blows. He opened his mouth as if to let it drain. His eyes took on the glaze of a suffering man. His hands drew in like tensing claws. He started, legs retracting as he felt a touch on his arm. Jerking aside his head, he saw the stewardess who had met him at the door. She was smiling down at him. Are you all right? He barely made out her words. Wilson pressed his lips together and agitated his hand at her as if pushing her away. Her smile flared into excess brightness, then fell as she turned and moved away. The plane began to move, at first lethargically, like some behemoth struggling to overthrow the pull of its own weight then with more speed, forcing off the drag of friction. Wilson, turning to the window, saw the dark runway rushing by faster and faster. On the wing edge, there was a mechanical whining as the flaps descended. Then, imperceptibly, the giant wheels lost contact with the ground. The earth began to fall away. Trees flashed underneath, buildings, the darting quicksilver of car lights, the DC-7 banked slowly to the right, pulling itself upward toward the frosty glitter of the stars. Finally, it leveled off and the engine seemed to stop until Wilson's adjusting ear caught the murmur of their cruising speed. A moment of relief slackened his muscles, imparting a sense of well-being. Then it was gone. Wilson sat immobile, staring at the no-smoking sign until it winked out, then, quickly, lit a cigarette. Reaching into the seat-back pocket in front of him, he slid free his newspaper. As usual, the world was in a state similar to his. Friction in diplomatic circles, earthquakes and gunfire, murder, rape, tornadoes and collisions, business conflicts, gangsterism. God's in his heaven, all's right with the world, thought Arthur Jeffrey Wilson. Fifteen minutes later, he tossed the paper aside. 
His stomach felt awful. He glanced up at the signs beside the two laboratories, both illuminated red, occupied. He pressed out his third cigarette since takeoff, and, turning off the overhead light, stared out through the window. Along the cabin's length, people were already flicking out their lights and reclining their chairs for sleep. Wilson glanced at his watch. 11.20. He blew out tired breath. As he'd anticipated, the pills he'd taken before boarding hadn't done a bit of good. He stood abruptly as the woman came out of the lavatory, and, snatching up his bag, he started down the aisle. His system, as expected, gave no cooperation. Wilson stood with a tired moan and adjusted his clothing. Having washed his hands and face, he removed the toilet kit from the bag and squeezed a filament of paste across his toothbrush.